Man, we got to have that music for right before I preach. It's like a high five for the soul. I love that so, so much. Welcome to another week of the Gospel Gab Fest. Uh, my name is Alan, and uh, with me as always, and that's two weeks that's basically right. so far. I'm faithfully here is, by your side. Uh, yeah, my co-host, uh, Andrew Clark. Uh, and today is a good day. You know why today's a good day, Andrew? Let's hear. Because I was texting with your brother today, or yesterday. Okay. And in the middle of my texting with him, his text bubbles turned blue. Yes. And I almost lost my mind. <laughs> I was filled with elation yeah. and joy because a blue text bubble could only mean one thing. The prodigal is returned home. He has that he's that he's is, got an iPhone. Yes. Amazing. It's a it's a thing in our family. It was. Yeah. He was the last uh outlier. And Listen, I just want everyone that I'm in relationship with to be a blue bubble. It yeah. makes texting easier. It make I want them all just I want to convert everyone yeah to my paradigm of thinking always. Right. Yeah. Um, which means there's only really one holdout left in our church and mm. I have to I literally have to message with him using the church app. I can't. <laughs> you can't handle it. Well, it's because I don't have signal at my house. So in order to message someone, Mm -hmm. I have to do it over Wi-Fi, which iMessaging does. Yes. But not those stupid Android users. If you're listening and you're a stupid Android user, (laughs) find another podcast. (laughs) You got it? There we go. All right. That's my feelings. That's the line we're drawing. Andrew Clark, I'm angry with you. Okay. This will be the last episode of the Gospel Gab Fest because of you. Okay. I never want to do this podcast again because you got me looking at politics again. Yeah, sorry. Um, so uh, we had an inauguration. We did. I hear. Yes. Because I didn't watch any of it. I'm a bad citizen. Okay. Well, yes, we did have one. And uh, it's not that I actually really want to talk about it. It's that I feel like we should talk about it. I feel duty bound to address it. That's the Catholic in you, and also, yeah, and also, as I search for headlines, there's not. It's either this or all the stuff we talked about last week. So, <laughs> vaccines or inauguration. Or inauguration. That's, it. That's all there is out That's there. It. There's yeah. no other news. Nothing else is happening in That's the world. Nothing. Apparently. Zero things. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like Kim and Kanye are getting divorced. You know, which isn't really headline news. Well, why didn't we talk about that then? I don't know. That would have been way better. No, no. This I is serious. Just, well. Yeah, we're supposed to be serious. Okay, so you had a different way of wanting to do this. Yeah. So you're in charge from here on out. Okay. I'm going to actually try and be the passive B personality in this conversation. Wow, okay. Quite a reversal. How here. do you think that'll go? I don't know. We'll see. All right, go ahead. I give it like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, it. <laughs> I'm leaving. All right, go ahead. quitting immediately. Um, so we had an inauguration yesterday mm-hmm. where a very polarizing individual left office mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and another polarizing individual mm-hmm. you're talking about fauci and yes exactly yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Enter, entered office <laughs> yeah. and i think that it's been highlighted in this season and you know yesterday and leading up to the inauguration as yeah. being an incredibly polarizing moment but i think it sort of always is you know i you know i don't I remember my first, you know, election that I remember was with Bush and Kerry back in '04. The one that I was like most all the way back in '04. Huh? I mean, it's so long ago. All right? the way yeah, back yeah. in '04. Yeah, you just lost half our audience. With <laughs> I that know. Statement. Sorry, everybody. So, go ahead. Um, uh, <clears throat> and then '08, Obama McCain. '12, it was Obama Romney, and then '16, Trump and Clinton, and now we have Trump and Biden with Biden winning and. Entering it's it's always this sort of polarizing thing when when there's actually a but trend. did he win Andrew well that's what I mean yeah but did he so all, I'm saying all this because I actually don't <laughs> want to talk about any of that stuff because I actually don't care or know that much about it <laughs> but I think that an, uh, something that would be helpful to talk about um, for people listening and then also just as pastors it might be helpful for people to hear us kind of going back and forth about this is yeah. Hey, there's, there's a, on my notes here, I have this like spectrum and of reaction to yesterday. Which, so I just put up on, like on the church's Instagram feed, I j- all I put up was, hey, Christians now must lead 
engagement in a bipartisan way, and by bipartisan I mean apolitical. Right. Um, uh, so may your posts be humble and winsome today. I yeah. had to turn off the commenting. That oh. upset enough people. Yeah. Um, I woke up this morning and there was seven comments. None of them were pleasant. Really? Yeah, and I turned them all off. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to see them. One was okay. One was... One was trying, one was okay. One was okay. It was a fair question, but I just had to turn. And it's like, how is that? That was too much apparently yeah, for people to much. handle. Yeah. Very um, interesting. Yeah. So um, I'm, I want to try to do, do a couple things here. I have this spectrum on my notes of people who I think there's extremes to reaction to yesterday's change of power. Um, and the words I used were borrowed from some of the language that you've shared with our staff and our elder regarding the eight basic emotions, right? Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. Voice of the Heart, I believe. Yeah, Dodd's yeah. Work, Voice of the Heart. Um, great. Where he, he kind of, you know, not Best in a, tool I've used in counseling yeah. in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And, and not in a simplistic way, but in a very um, careful and succinct way, he, he kind of boils, and you can correct me if I'm saying any of this incorrectly, boils down emotions found in scripture to a basic eight yeah um which are sad angry fearful or afraid yeah guilt shame hurt loneliness and then glad yeah um and what we kind of the premise of the book and what you try to get us to is that these are all gifts these emotions and feelings and responses to things that happen in our life are gifts yeah and they point us they should be pointing us to back to God and how we Yeah, respond. your emotions are telling you a lot about what you worship. They're yes. telling you a lot about what you're putting your hopes in, mm-hmm. your dreams in. Your emotions are telling you a lot about what you're trying to control in the world. Yeah. So the theory is goes something like this. If you can if you can just boil it down, if you can look at the eight and you can identify what you're feeling you can probably parse out almost everything going on in your soul in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why it's such a helpful tool, sure. I think. Yeah, it's an incredibly helpful tool. And so I, wanna, I wanted to borrow that as we talk about reactions to something like this because I think the adjectives people can use to describe how they're feeling can, you know, are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's an infinite amount, anxious, mm-hmm. you know, bitter, mm-hmm. um, elated, you know. And so I think, so anyways, I'm, I'm giving too much pre-qualification, which is my specialty, as you know. <laughs> you On one side is an overabundance of gladness that I think you see. That yeah, this is the start of Hallelujah. The, Turn the page exactly. The best, you know. And I think that there's some. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything more on that. On that's one side of the spectrum is an elation, a a an expectation that this is going to usher in the new and improved America, basically. Um, And on the other side of the spectrum, we have people who are too sad, too angry, too fearful, and who are mourning the loss of what they thought was a step in the right direction, I guess, and are fearful of what the new leadership will will mean to them. I would say 99% of people who are listening probably fall somewhere in between those two. Most people I know for certain. Yeah. Um, and I think I might, I just want to talk to you about why people feel this way. Yeah. What you think. What lies of the age are inspiring these polarizing, you know, views, yeah. um, which I think are espoused by the media, but may, aren't actually held often by the average person. And how can scripture then ground us in a biblical response to yeah. what happened yesterday? Um, yeah. So I know you didn't watch it or haven't really followed it, but... Um, yeah, just to remind everyone, and the reason for that is just, I just basically decided to kind of unplug from all the noise yeah. after the November election, yeah. just because of what I... It, there was this continually... It was continually grating on us, on my soul... This is not a prescription for everyone. Yeah, understood. it was grating on my soul in a way that was not playing itself out in the world. You know, that was commiserate with the fruits of the spirit. Yeah, um, I, you know, I was just sad at what I was seeing in my fellow Christians. Mm-hmm. I was sad in what I was seeing in fellow Americans, mm-hmm. um, and uh, 
So I, I essentially kind of ejected myself from media consumption. Yeah. Uh, and I, and like I said last week, that's been one of the healthier decisions that I've made. I, I, I want to, I'm still want to engage with the world, mm -hmm. but I'm going to have to figure out a way to do that in bite-sized pieces going right. forward, at least, right. at least right now. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so no, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, so how do you want to do this? You you want to take me through some questions, or do you want me to? Or do, should yeah, we just I'll, go back so and let, forth. Let me, do do? Yeah, so I'll ask a question and we can talk about it. I, yeah. So what? What? Why do you think some people are so very excited and some people are so very upset? You know, um, so I found this survey and it says that Americans are more likely to be unhappy if their kids marry someone from a different political party than if they marry someone outside their religion. Mm. Meaning mom and dad are like less concerned, like if, speaking from a Christian worldview, right. less concerned about, you know, whether or not someone is, 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 is yoked commiserately spiritually yeah. than they are politically. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because for America, where we are at today, I think politics is the new religion. It's yeah. the new cult of religion, nationalism, yeah. whatever it is mm -hmm. you want to call it is like mm -hmm. the new religion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on, on, on one side, you have the cult of intersectionality mm -hmm. where everybody's where it's. And then on the other side, you have kind of this, you know, uh, cult of nationalism mm -hmm. or cult where, 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 evangelicalism, Christianity, religion, mm -hmm. whatever, has married itself to that nationalism. Yeah. And then there are people caught in, caught in between, which are like, who don't have, feel like, who feel politically homeless in this season, I think. Mm -hmm. um, because the the one side is always finding some injustice that you've committed and wants to point it out at every turn. Yeah. You know, and then the other side is, you know, essentially trying to harken back to the day, to the good old days of, uh, of America's greatness. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, and, and, you know, by whatever means necessary. Right. And, and so for a lot of people, I think this has become their, their religion. Mm -hmm. The, the, I'll read a quote here at the yeah. fundamental level of orienting and ordering people's lives for many political convictions have replaced religious belief in 2020 particularly mm -hmm. politics has a stronger and wider effect than religion does um, a partisan identity has become all-encompassing and it's understandable why some in our churches get along better with people uh, who may not believe in the same God but believe in the same politics because it's revealing to us that we have a weak doctrine of eternity, mm -hmm. um, a yeah. weak doctrine of utopia, yeah. a weak, like that's weak in the American church. Yeah. And so we want to make heaven on earth as we right. see it. So that's, yeah. that, that's kind of where my, when you asked this question and mm -hmm. you first said, this is where we were going to go. I was like, mm -hmm. I think that's what's happening. At least that's what I seem to be seeing. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think uh, people's reactions to things like this, and we have said this already, expose where the faith lies, I think. Yeah. And for people outside of the church or who, who aren't followers of Jesus, that's, that's understandable because, yeah. you know, that in their minds, and it, it is true, you know, they're, governing authorities and their decisions and the way that they lead have yeah. impact on their lives, their health, their family. Mm -hmm. And especially in a time like this, that's so turbulent, the desire is for stability and it all depends on what, what you think is going to bring that stability about. And I saw a cartoon the other day and it's was, you know, the old adage used to be, you don't talk about like religion and politics mm -hmm. at family functions right. or whatever. And, so the cartoon was basically someone at the family Thanksgiving is like, so what's everybody think of Trump? And then someone from the other side of the family was like, hey, can, can we talk about something less polarizing like religion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, where, that's we're where we're at. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. 
like family members not talking to each other, not willing to go to Thanksgiving with one mm-hmm. another, mm-hmm. because this is their worship now. Yeah. yeah. This is their savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's really, I mean, the answer to this question is why do people feel why do people feel this way? Is because it's it you know the worship of not not even if you think the person in office is necessarily that great, but like this system, or if it were just arranged just so, then this would bring me what I need in my life, or yeah. would bring around yeah. the. Now you know, let's let's be clear. You know, we want good policies. We want we want a government that cares about its people. We <laughs> yeah. want yeah. you know. So I'm um, you know we're not throwing the the proverbial baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. But we we do care. I mean, there, if there is an overemphasis on these are the things that are going to, upon which my life rises and falls, then there's going to be a guttural reaction because you're, you're, you're messing with what they think will deliver them, what we think will deliver us. And so yeah. that leads, I mean, that's the case of, in anyone who puts too much emphasis in... Yeah. A spouse, kids, yeah. substances, whatever. You overemphasize anything and all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, you, you you can take any good thing and make it a God thing. And right. as soon as you make it a God thing, then all of a sudden it's something that you're willing to live and die on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I had a men's group last night, and mm-hmm. we I intentionally led our men's group discussion. Now, my men's group is all my generation. Mm-hmm. I did that intentionally. That's a different conversation why I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all Gen Xers. And so I intentionally led that conversation to a place where we had to talk about politics. Mm. And and it was kind of an experiment for me and for us because every everyone the, that that group last night was split politically, I think. Mm. But it was fine. Yeah. Like we were able to have like a normal conversation about like differing politics and it didn't make or break our relationship or friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, we were able to like understand each other and each other's perspectives on things. Yeah. It was like a real, it was so enriched. It was such an enriching conversation. And I just remember, so the, the question that we then followed that up with was like, so how do we influence the generations around us? Hmm to be able to talk about the world without everything in the world being a political landmine so that mm-hmm. they can put you in a camp. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not even anymore that I'm telling you what camp I'm in. It's people around me are putting me in what camp they think I'm in mm-hmm. based on how I'm talking about the world. Yeah. And we didn't used to do that to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for Christians, if like Christ is the highest thing, yeah. then we should be able to talk about other things that aren't Christ without them being live or die conversations. Right. And that's not been 2020. No. It's been awful yeah. <laughs> to watch Christians dialogue. Yeah. Well, I think a year like this exposes our idols, right? And yeah. in peacetime, it's it's I think we all do some element of hiding and faking, you know, yeah. against our, our better judgment. Yeah. Um, but when things are shaken up and there is so much uncertainty and fear, I think that those, those idols get exposed as those, yeah. you know, fake foundations get, get shaken. And yeah. then when you start talking about it and perhaps exposing the frailty of those based on someone's opinion, then, then the claws come out, right? It's yeah. like, how dare, how dare you say that about me or what I believe? And, and so it's just a, it's, you know, you, you've said in sermons, and you may have mentioned it here, but like that the Bible is not, it's a, it's not a peacetime book. It's, it's, it's a wartime manual. It's a wartime manual. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, you know, things like guarding your heart, things like, you know, turning from idols and calling upon the name of the Lord may seem like overkill in peacetime, mm-hmm. but now... Now you realize why you should have been doing it in that's peacetime, exactly right. so that you could be ready for wartime. That's yeah. right. That's right. It's like we don't get a we don't get this pass on being understanding and long suffering with one yeah. another just because it's a hard time. In fact, we should be doubling our efforts to be so yeah. because it's a hard time. Uh, in the Marine Corps, we used to say you, you you have to train in peacetime 
mm-hmm. so that you're ready for wartime. Yeah. If you start training in wartime for wartime, yeah. you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the muscles aren't strong enough. Yeah. The mind yeah. isn't sharp enough. It's, yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, I think. So I think there's just. Oh, I don't. The, the media is not helping. You know. You know. Everybody. Everybody. I think I've heard literally everyone from both sides saying that the media is awful, and yet we're not changing the way that we consume media. Yeah. You know. You know. The, right now, all everything online is essentially designed to just throw fuel on this fire. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, and so we, I think we have a responsibility. I think one of the things that we, t- that I've taken away from this, you know, mm-hmm. is like, I, I have a responsibility to consume media differently and I'm going to, yeah. even if nobody else does. Right. Well, that goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago about yeah. like, there's so many things outside of your control, but yeah. what's in your control. Yeah. And I think part of us stewarding our mind and our soul is being mindful of what we're consuming. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't imagine the, I think what is hap, what has happened, and we see it on inauguration day with one side wailing, gnashing of teeth, and the other side, you know, dancing on the graves of their enemy, mm-hmm. is that if you can, however you imagine the world to be, mm-hmm. if you can't imagine it any other way, then that defines your identity to some degree Mm -hmm. it's so it's the same reason why at my son's little league games when he was little that one parent would lose their mind and another parent wouldn't lose their mind over the same thing because one that one parent that flips out Mm -hmm. couldn't imagine another outcome yeah right no 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 utopia for me is he's safe yeah and then he's the hero. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And that umpire is standing in the way mm-hmm. of that utopia. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, so I'm going to crush him. Right. Yeah, what do we say? If you idolize something, you have you to villainize. villainize. You have to villainize. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that's exactly what's what's happening. So let's try this, um, just to kind of like round yeah. out this topic. Um, this is kind of where I want to land, and I actually think this will be the most helpful. Yeah. So someone someone comes to you as, the, as a pastor, or me, and that's kind of what I want to... And, the, and you just get to talking about this casually. And they're like, you know what? January 20th, 2021, this is an extreme example, I know, but yeah. was the best day in the last 10, five or six or seven years. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a holiday that we celebrate every year with my family, you know, yeah. whatever. I'm, I'm, being, I'm so happy. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to that person to help ground them? And we're going to do this with the other side too. How what would you say to that person to help ground them in a more, not centrist, but biblical way to respond to the events of yesterday? Well, it just so happens, um, and and maybe what I'll do is I'll let you talk more on the other when we do it to the other side. Okay. I have so I have this blog post posted by a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to read some of the highlights from it. Sure. He's actually a pastor here in Marin County. Hmm. And he wrote this blog post that is essentially entitled The Danger on Dancing of the Graves of Your Enemy. Hmm. And it it is so good. I ha- you know, I stopped halfway through and had to remind myself that I didn't write it because <laughs> it, it just echoes a lot of what I'm feeling. Yeah. So I'm going to read some highlights from it. And um, that doesn't feel very like organic, but I think it's a good moment for yeah, this. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. so here's how the article starts: Praise God, the era of Christian nationalism is over. In one fell swoop, Trump managed to completely discredit, delegitimize, and weaken the last stand of the strange marriage of Christian evangelicalism and Republican nationalism. Of course, it isn't over, over, but it has been stabbed in the gut and over the next few months will die an ugly and painful death. Now, as someone who has cut my teeth in this world, I naturally resonate with their joys and concerns. I understand their motivations and moral trade-offs that were made to gain access to power with the hope of leveraging state power to usher in the kingdom of God. But over the years, this version of Christianity has taken it on the chin 
and the desire for power has left a swath of death and destruction in its wake. Now, I live in a very blue county, in a very blue state, and am confronted on a daily basis with the abuses that Christian leaders have inflicted on people and spend most of my time helping congregants pick up the pieces of this spiritual abuse. Power blinds us to others. So you can imagine the delight and glee of my friends on the religious left as they watch this version of religious conservatism get thoroughly embarrassed on election night and then again on special election night in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Finally, the king is dead. Mm. And with all hard-won victories, the joy of winning, combined with the opportunity to completely destroy the vanquished, is a natural reaction. Mm-hmm. To celebrate by dancing on the grave of the dead feels very appropriate. But there is a shadow side to this story. This seeming victory of the religious left to now have the freedom to usher in God's kingdom with the support and power of the government can move forward. Before I go on, do you see how this is the pure inverse of what the religious right wanted? Mm. You can see this moment played out over and over throughout history. So let's relate this to a biblical history moment. King Hezekiah was the king of Judah during uh, 715, 686 uh, BC. He was one of the great kings of Judah. He reopened the gates of the temple. He reestablished the Levitical priesthood so that there could be animal sacrifices again. He reformed the temple practices and eradicated idolatry on paper. He did it all right, and it is affirmed in the scriptures for doing so. In other words, make Israel great again. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. During his reign, he watched as a spectator, and the Assyrians came in and completely wiped out the northern kingdom of Israel. The prophet Isaiah speaks of it, and that it was an act of judgment because of their rebellious ways. There had been tension between the northern and southern kingdoms from before they were even divided, so when the north kingdom got their comeuppance, those in the south rejoiced in They got what they deserved. Mm -hmm. Then the Assyrians threatened the southern kingdom, and they changed their tune. A plague swept through the Assyrian camp that was about to lay siege on Jerusalem, and the city and the kingdom were rescued in a miraculous rescue. At this point, Hezekiah becomes a legend and a hero. Mm -hmm. They watched the northern kingdom get destroyed, felt justified in their rescue, And Hezekiah, feeling bold and empowered, ended up getting a little too big for his britches and invites the Babylons into Jerusalem to show off his kingdom and that the favor that they now have from God. And within a generation, the Babylonians use this information to sack Jerusalem, send people into exile, and completely crush the Jewish people for the next 80 years. So why this story? Because I'm watching so many of my friends on the religious left celebrate today at the complete vindication of their ideology and the embarrassing defeat of their enemies. But instead of grief for an embarrassed and shamed sister or brother, they are seeking vengeance. Mm -hmm. This is a celebration and a self-righteous pride which does not resonate with the Spirit's fruits. Mm. Whenever the people of God cozy up to those with political power, we are putting the gospel in danger. Mm. The religious right did this by thinking manifest destiny, capitalism, and the USA's benevolent power was evidence of God's favor and blessing. Mm -hmm. The religious right rode this power until they lost their way completely Where are the guardrails, though? Where are the leaders with character and prophetic voices calling out to the religious left to not hitch their wagon to Marxist and socialistic movements gaining power and momentum on that side? Because if they are not careful, they too will find themselves in exile in a Mm. generation or two. Wow, that's profound. Yeah, and that's really just it, right? I mean, it's... Be, be very be very careful what you're celebrating and why you're celebrating yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because in your celebration you may find yourselves embodying the thing that you yeah. are, you know loathe. Right. <laughs> we the, become what we despise. Yeah, we do. Yeah. When things go our way, we become what we despise. Yeah. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. So what do you say 
to the people on the right. So who to the are, people who are wailing, yeah. gnashing of teeth. Yeah. This is really hard for them. Yeah. So a couple of things come to mind. Number one is this is, you know, it's kind of a cliche, cliche thing to say, but like, it's just always, these things are always a reminder that this is not our home and that, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I just pulled a few verses from Psalm, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and I'm not going to read all of them, but basically the theme of them is don't put your trust in princes. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Instead, yeah. maybe we can yeah. take some counsel from Paul writing to Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and godly life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm. So my question to people who are weeping is, what's the goal? Yeah. Because the goal of godliness can be accomplished no matter who is in office. And I understand... And in fact, is sometimes accomplished more when things are not going our way. That's right. That's it's, right. A, it's the sanctifying agent. Yeah. 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 In fact, okay, please don't post in the YouTube comment section when I say this, uh, even though I know somebody's going to maybe do that. Locked and loaded. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden winning may be a blessing for the religious right. Because mm -hmm. we defined blessing over the last couple of weeks as right. anything that gets you to hold more loosely to this world. Yeah and hold more tightly to the world that Jesus is preparing for us. Right. Um, so it may be a blessing in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, it's use this as an opportunity to lift your eyes instead of just focusing on things that perhaps you perceive that you've lost, yeah. is what I would say to people who are, yeah. are overly upset about the result of um, you know, and I know there's concern about policy and other, you know, whatever, 100%, but, yeah. but, but again, going back to what's in your control and what is outside of your control. And I, I think that we grieve when we grieve the loss of things that are outside of our control in this sort of a context, we then neglect prayer, mm -hmm. we neglect devotion, yeah. we neglect kingdom things, kingdom things. Yeah because we're consumed by what we've lost, even though it's outside of our hands now. And There's an old saying, it, it says that you're, and it was meant to kind of confront people who were always like hyper-spiritualizing everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're so kingdom-minded, you're of no worldly good. Mm -hmm. But it's also true that you're so earthly-minded, you're of no kingdom good. Right. Uh, yeah. In a sense, mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think that's, that's, that's the exposure of all of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is man, I've really let this season put my heart in this place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing I'd also say is like, that's realizing that isn't a source of shame. It's a source of, in the gospel, it's an opportunity to repent and yeah, to and a come source back. of victory. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. so. I think that's probably you know. Yeah. You know, of course, had this election gone the other way, that advice might be switched. You it know, might be, it has yeah. nothing to do with yeah. the the nature of the party, and a lot more to do, I think, with yeah. how you're coping with the results. And so, yeah. that's all I really wanted to do was just walk walk through that with you. I think like, this is helpful because yeah. instead of like doing and writing about what I'm seeing so much, I, I, so here's actually the hopeful thing for me. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a change in what is in the articles being written and the blog posts being published that seem to be saying it's time to deconstruct politics mm -hmm. from the gospel the mm -hmm. way that it's been the last couple of years, four yeah. years or whatever yeah. it's been. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that part is hopeful to me mm -hmm. um, because we can do so much more good yeah you know when we are politically homeless yeah yeah absolutely 
I think it'd be really fascinating to bring people from the generations that came before us into that conversation for some context of, you know, because for a while in our country, those, you know, conservatism and the gospel were so closely for a long time married. And and now I think we're, we're, it's reached mania level in the last four years. That's yeah, that's Uh, it. Yeah. But before it's has been married for a long time before that. Right. right, Yeah, yeah, you're right. And all I'm saying is like, I think perspective from, the past is helpful to help us do exactly what you're talking about though. Cause it's yeah. like, you, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's, it's really hard to remain faithful to what scripture is calling to you to as an individual and also how you see others and vote the ticket on either side. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so I think this conversation on yeah. a broad scale is really helpful. It's time to start thinking more yeah. critically about, what we sign ourselves on to. Yeah. So. That's great. Yep. That's good. Cool. Um, so you, so I wanted to talk about, uh, yeah, let's do something. A little you more. want to talk about something different? Yeah. We're so you, talk. you didn't tell me what you were going to talk about. But I you did be, send me. Cause this shouldn't, things. this shouldn't last that long. I don't think, <laughs> uh, but like in, in the, so like, I think where the bridge is is like with this issue, this this politics issue that we've just been talking about is is like you know politics in a lot of ways is is either about reaching forward for some mm. and for others it's about reaching back right like MAGA it, it, you know in its own declaration mm-hmm. again the last mm-hmm. word in maga is again right. which is i want i want to go i want to go back to those days yeah. whatever those days are yep. and there are things back in those days that are good mm-hmm. um but it's like imagining that back there was the utopia for one party mm-hmm. and out there is the utopia for another party mm-hmm. um and we but we're not just seeing that in politics yeah like I'm seeing that like in pop culture as mm-hmm. well playing out in really strange ways and in particularly this crazy trend mm-hmm. of rebooting literally every <laughs> beloved franchise of my childhood yeah. and beyond and I want them to stop it <laughs> because every yeah. time they do it they ruin it yeah um so so just like to to give everybody an idea uh-huh. um uh, a few years ago, I don't know how many vinyl records started making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, cassettes are making a comeback. Mm-hmm. They can't keep them. I rem- I had to buy cassettes for my daughter for I can't remember if it was a birthday or Christmas because she wanted physical cassettes, That's and so I was funny. like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, they are. Re- you know, re- Disney wants to reboot Turner and Hooch. I don't know how you do that with. You know, t- not with Tom Hanks. You know, Sex in the City's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friends is getting a revival. Mm-hmm. Walker, Texas Ranger with, you know, not with, uh, uh, Chuck Norris. Right? Chuck yeah. Norris. Yeah. What the heck? Um, uh, Lizzie McGuire, uh, yeah. for those in, those in that generation, mm-hmm. just, you know, had a failed attempt at a reboot. Yeah. Um, uh, they. I remember when they redid the Karate Kid with um, Jackie Chan mm-hmm. and Will Smith's kid, and yeah. I was like, "This is offensive. This, to me. <laughs> this is offensive to yeah. me." Yeah. And and but then now Cobra Kai on Netflix mm-hmm. is the next is a better version because yeah. it's you know the original cast and all of that, mm-hmm. but but they won't. It's like original scripts and screenplays are not in vogue right now mm-hmm. it's just let's reboot ghostbusters is coming back um oh man you know yeah. uh not and not the failed reboot that they did you know just a few years ago mm-hmm. but with you know in the same canon of the old movies mm-hmm. so uh, oh, uh, why why do we hmm. because the problem isn't with hollywood the problem is is we're the ones buying and watching that's funding mm-hmm. and sending the signal to Hollywood that this is what we want. Right. Why? Why do we like nostalgia so much? Hmm. What a great you question. Know, what is yeah. what is it about reviving these the good old days mm-hmm. that is so, you know, instinctual to us as human beings? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think 
I mean, I don't know. You but, listen to vinyl records, right? Uh, I do. Less than I used to, but I do. Yeah. I had a season in through late high school through college where I collected a ton of records. Okay, and, why? Well, for me, it was kind of... Uh, I was... You have everything here. I know. All the music at any yeah. moment here, and then you want to do... A, no, so, I like vinyl records. No, no, no. I, yeah. I, so I'm being I'm using hyperbole no, I got right you. now. Yeah, yeah. No, it, well, for me it started because, um, which is I can't, I'm going to say this, but my friends and I used to, really into hip hop, and we used to like to collect. I know. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It's, just do what everyone's doing. And I was into right. country music. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, um, go ahead. Sorry. But we would um, <laughs> we instead of making our beats on like a keyboard, we liked to sample old records because that's what a lot of yeah. the guys yeah, 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 and yeah. all yeah. through hip hop's history. And um, so that's how we started was getting fodder for our, our beats. But what that turned into very shortly after was like the the production faded way down, but the the, the discovery of new music was yeah. and for me, I can only speak for myself, it was a few things. Number one, it was going to the store to look for mm -hmm. something to, to buy. And I never Hardly ever. I could count on one hand maybe the amount of times I went like, I'm going to get try to find this record. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was pouring through. It was an experience. It was not. It was an experience. Like, yeah, yeah. There was a smell to it. There was a, a process. You go in, you start at, you know, whatever section you want to, whether it's, we were into jazz and soul and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. And you go through and you, you know, you're flipping through and you're, you're looking at the cover art and you're pulling it up and you're, um, and then to me actually, one of the most fun thing was, a lot of the stores would have a record player there for you to listen while you were sitting there. Oh, I didn't have that. But I preferred, so I went with one of my best friends, uh, Will, who was in my wedding. Shout out to Will. Um, uh, you, I will. I will. Um, and he liked to go and get like a few really high value records. So we'd walk out of the store yeah. and he'd have a bag with like three or four records. But they were typically higher value, higher quality. Yeah. And I spent my whole time... Wasn't there like Vanilla Ice? Yeah, right. You know, Vanilla like Ice that. his favorite. Yeah. I'm trying to stereotype you as much as I can. Go <laughs> Thanks. Um, You're welcome. Um, whereas I was on the, on the floor in the dust in the dollar bin because there was no greater thrill for me to find something for like a dollar awesome. or two. That was and awesome. And bring it home. Not listen to it there. Bring it home, throw it on, and find that it was like front to back just an awesome record. Yeah. I, so... So to me, and it was that was like this ritual for us was to go do that like every Saturday, and you know yeah. we drive into the city or we there used to be a shop. So why do you still listen to vinyl like today? So I, I would say, um, I I think that it's, you know, I don't do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I has well, neither to be, do I. But yeah. so for me, it's a lot like. Buying a meal, a pre-made meal at Trader Joe's versus like pulling out a recipe book and doing something from scratch. I knew you were going to find some way to make this poetic. I knew you were going to do that. Because like most ni most weeknights are not vinyl nights, right? Yeah. But like if if, we're, if I'm like chopping onions. Because like it keeps you engaged with the music. Together, we'll yeah. put on a record. A and record keeps you engaged with the music. A record, yeah. you know, the there's something, there's texture in analog sound versus digital. Yeah. Uh, and it keeps you engaged with the, the whole experience of an album mm -hmm. as opposed to making your way through a playlist, for example. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is for me. It's nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Like I actually am old enough to have used vinyl records mm -hmm. the first time around and yep. eight tracks for that matter, mm -hmm. but vinyl records in particularly. And for me, it, there's a nostalgia to it that taps into, to the past. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I can, you know, it, I, there's certain albums that I pull out and I know where I was yep. the first time I pulled that album out and yep. I played it mm -hmm. and I can't, and it doesn't replicate that for me on a, in, on a digital mm -hmm. medium. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of the, these reboots and revivals, I think they're doing that for some people. Yeah. They're taking them back to a place mm -hmm. that is nostalgic mm -hmm. of a better time mm. um, and letting them live that out a little longer. Yeah particularly their childhood mm -hmm. or, you know, parts of their childhood mm -hmm. for a lot mm -hmm. of those shows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's this verse, I think it's in Ecclesiastes. I want to always say everything good is in Ecclesiastes, mm -hmm. but um, that says, 
say not mm-hmm. it is a of the former times of the days of old mm-hmm. as though they were better. Mm-hmm. In other words, the, the verse is, is trying to, to remind us that that nostalgia, that wispiness mm-hmm. is, is subjective to the beholder because yep. we're constantly filtering out that time. Yep. So that's, that's what I was going to get. Yeah. And I, the set, the, I think the bottom of that, the second part of that verse is, it's not from wisdom that you ask this. That's right. And that's right. And it's true because, you know, to very briefly dip back into, you know, America may have been great back then for some people. Yeah, but not for everyone. For a lot of people, it was not great back then. That's right. And even for you, it wasn't yeah. great back then. And same with, yeah. you know, and that's the really, and I don't, I don't think anyone's figured this out really, but yeah. that's the funny thing about nostalgia. Is yeah. It's like, oh, remember the good old days. And it's they like, weren't the good old days. But why do we think that? Yeah. That's so curious yeah. to me. Because yeah. I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a total sucker. I'm like one of the most nostalgic people I know. And it's like... Uh, I, 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 like I was sitting around having a beer with someone a long time ago. This made it into a sermon of mine, I think, a long time ago. And he, he was like, man, you and I, Alan, our personalities... Are we just we're just born into the wrong period? You and I are like we should have been born into the old west, mm. uh, back in the good old days when we didn't have to worry about any of this stuff. Yeah. And I just turned and I looked at him and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? The good old days when anyone could shoot you in the face That's right. because of the color of your skin That's or right. because you looked at them wrong? Yeah. Those good old days? Yeah, no, totally. those were not the good old, days. The good old days. I'm glad I was born and got to grow up yeah. in the in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Yeah, so. totally, hundred percent. Yeah." <laughs> I know it's so interesting. Like, what is it about those? Oh man, this is a fail. That is—is is that your phone? Yeah, I you should have taken the call. That would have been actually good for the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe someone's calling in. Yeah, from so the future. I, I, so I, I, and I'm just wondering if, like, there's so much anxiety per, and mm. pervasive in the culture yeah. that these reboots. Are are giving people an out, a coping mechanism yeah. for the good old days. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but here's the thing: is I I feel like most of us have had enough experience with things like this, where it's yeah. There's no way that an hour long special can hold the weight of continuous continuing the legacy of the Friends franchise. Yeah. You know. Like, I know. So for people who really love that show, yeah. how is one hour with the actors going to... Yeah, for the, this like fleeting moment, and they may actually ruin something, you know, depending on what they do, which has happened with some of these reboots. Did you? I did not watch it, but did you watch the Fresh Prince reunion I did. thing? How did that go? Because I didn't... So Well, that wasn't it. like so much as a like continuation of the same characters. It was more of like... Um, you know, it it was. I think it was. If I I watched it, and if I remember right, it was more of a looking back on that season. Okay. And um, so that was actually that was nostalgic and fun, but they didn't continue the same characters in story. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it's not like we got more of the Fresh Prince right. of Bel Air. Yeah, we totally. got the cast coming back together. Yeah. And reflecting on what it was like to do that show. Hmm. That's so that was different. Okay. Interesting. But with a lot of these, what we're going to get right. is more continuation of the same characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, part two of the story. Yeah. We're going to get another Matrix movie, which, listen, they can't make that any worse than the way that they left yeah. off with the sequels. Yeah, 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 so yeah. maybe they'll clean that one up. Yeah, really. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I think it's easy to sit back and say, like, just do something original. And, like, I think it'd be interesting to talk to someone like, Patrick or you know yeah. who's like has who wants to talk about movies yeah. exactly and it's like who and who knows everything that goes into just like making a show you know it's not yeah. it's not easy but at the same time it's you know if we're 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 swallowing it up so why not turn out some yeah. some revivals and some yeah. sequels and I actually find Cobra Kai delicious yeah. I do. I wish I didn't <laughs> but I find it so it's like I'm watching it and my kids are going dad this is awful the acting is awful. Yeah. The the storyline is awful. And I was and I'm and I'm in my chair going, You shut your mouth. That's right. You shut your mouth right now. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Miyagi will roll over in his grave. Right. You just shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
I, uh, so I get it. I yeah. feel it. But I think it's I think that what's actually happening is this very uh, human thing that the Bible talks about, which is that we're we're trying to look back as a way to avoid today. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think, all, you know, media is one of its primary sources in our yeah. services in our life is its escapism. Right. And yeah. so. I think that nostalgia is so drawing to us for exactly that reason. It's like, yeah. this is hard right now, yeah. but but I'm reminded of yeah. a simpler time, perhaps, when, yeah. when things weren't. So as... I guess you could say that about all this political stuff, you know, there is no good old days. You know, there's just what we do with today. That's yeah. the biblical worldview. And yeah. uh, steward today faithfully, mm -hmm. and then maybe tomorrow will take care of itself. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yep. See you next week. See ya.